One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey everyone, welcome back. We got another episode of A Little More Good coming at you. We're really excited for today's episode. We know you're going to love it. Love our guest. She's dynamic, brilliant, funny, uh, engaging, thoughtful, inspiring, all of the things. So we're very excited to Just share. A, a wonderful human being. One of my faves, like all of our podcast guests, Mandy Gill. Mandy Gill. I learned so much from this one. And, uh, you know, I think at some point in my life, I think Mandy Gill would be like the greatest coach uh, I could hire, anyone could hire. I mean, she really combines, she's the total package, bringing health, movement, sleep, your your professional business life, just creating habits for that whole ecosystem with in which we all live in. Yes, the mind, body, soul, totally. business. You know, she incorporates it all into her her healthy habits. Yeah, and uh, she does it with such grace and and compassion and understanding for the big picture. Well, that's the thing. I love the these like the ecosystem because it isn't just like one aspect of life it's holistic like it is it's creating that whole web ecosystem that you can function in and kind of like elevate to be your best self whether it's through athletics through work through just like your personal growth and development touches on it it's all integrated yeah yeah so mandy was so grateful to be able to share conversation and and pick her grant her brain she's uh she's an incredible individual incredible athlete um she's modest in what she's accomplished and achieved but uh if you follow her on instagram or on strava you'll see that uh she's regularly you know pushing um feats that are inspiring and incredible whether it's an ultra run or backcountry skiing uh her sense of adventure and um, her capacity to challenge herself uh, is is just so inspiring. Yeah, she's great. So definitely check her out on on Instagram or um, her website, mandygill.com. We'll give you all kinds of access to all of the things she's up to, whether it's her Healthy Habits app, which you can also download. Um, she's got a podcast, Hooked on Habits, services as a speaker, as a coach. Like there's just all kinds of access to her and you can learn more about her there. But um, yeah, so excited to share this episode with you all. All right, a couple quick shout-outs before uh, we let things roll. 
I uh, just wanted to give some love to uh, Steven Markovich and the Planted team. Uh, we're just wrapping up another weekend here at uh, the Planted Expo, and boy, oh boy, was it has it been an amazing event. Yeah, exceeded all my expectations uh, from the vendors to the speakers to just the the flow of the weekend. Uh, absolutely incredible. My inspiration for for the vegan community, the plant based community. Uh, it's just growing and growing and uh, you know I feel so excited for all of it yeah it's it's truly wonderful it's not just not just good to have like events back but like it's amazing to have just such an awesome event to be able to be part of and take it all in it's been so good so shout out to the team pulling it off again and uh, keep a lookout you know next June is going to be here before you know it and you do not want to miss no Planet Expo. It's quickly becoming the event of the year that you do not want to miss out yeah. on. And we're also very excited because we've been able to um, really take advantage of some of the amazing speakers and people that have been in town here as part of the Expo and capture some some really fun, cool pods with them. So um, keep a lookout for those dropping in the near future. And uh, another just uh, shout out of gratitude to our friends at Myo Detox here in Vancouver, uh, Andrew Sapari and Nicolo and the whole crew. But um, they kind of hooked us up with a little space to be able to close close to the expo to be able to um interview and have these podcasts with these these wonderful people so very grateful to them they're wonderful people if if you want to future proof your body check out myo detox if you haven't been to myo detox uh it is my go-to spot for all injuries and for preventative measures to keep uh this temple, this body, uh, you know, ready for, for all activities, uh, from physio to massage to, to Cairo. They really have a a full integration of being able to treat and future proof all bodies. That's right. So if you're in Vancouver and you're listening to this podcast on a run, on a walk, anything like that, you know, make sure you check them out. And, uh, and their founder, Vin Pham, uh, check him out on the IG. He just uh, released a new book called Sit Up Straight, Future Proof Your Body Against Chronic Pain with 12 Simple Movements. Uh, and I believe you can get this this book at uh, most retailers, uh, definitely at uh, Myo Detox and uh, online. So give it, give it a... Give it a, a look to, you know, we could all use a little less chronic pain in our lives. So and true. A little more future proofing. So. <laughs> yeah. So Dude. thanks. Thanks. Thanks to our friends at Myo Detox. I planted Expo. Uh, feeling very grateful. Very loved. So just want to shout them out. All right. Let's get hooked on some healthy habits. Woo-hoo, Mandy Gill. Let's go. Okay. Okay. We're here with uh, the one and only Mandy Gill. Yeah. Hi. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Mandy. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. This is exciting. We just had like a 40-minute pre-pod, and I'm sure we could have gone for another hour just talking about running and adventure and yep. real estate and all sorts of fun stuff. It's a good thing you just hit record, because you're right. We yeah. could have kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just like, we're just slowly building like the commune of like amazing people, right? Oh. You know, through building it through the community, but then we're like, yeah, let's just let's just get everyone here or like find a new place, you know, yes. build that, build that, that common life where we run and eat good food and look after each other and just elevate. That's Blue zones, right? Absolutely. Zone. Community movement, good food. And still do things for work that we love. It's yes. true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're lucky. So I'm so excited for today's conversation. There's so much I want to get into. Um, you know, usually our conversations are shared on, on the trail uh, while we're running. So it'll be a different pace with our, our bodies sitting still. I won't be like, ah, yeah. <laughs> but, we can, but we can talk about running. We can still okay, talk good. about running. Yes. We, we oh, yeah. tend to. Always. We always find a way. Um, 
But I thought we could start with, um, you do such an incredible job sharing healthy habits, uh, creating healthy habits in people's personal lives, professional lives, uh, in their movement, in their in their sleep, in, in their nutrition habits. Um, so I thought we can start there and then we can kind of navigate uh, the trails of this conversation up, <laughs> up and down hills. <laughs> As we go, as things come up. Yeah. We knew that was coming in soon, but, didn't we? But maybe we can, we can set the table with some healthy habits so that we can use it for as a bit of a filter for, for the rest of the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's a really interesting um, concept that you bring to the fact of healthy habits and, and where it came to me at what point in my life as an interest and a passion and I can truthfully say passion and that feels something that I'm really grateful for and it was doing uh, broadcasting in my previous stage of my career and graduating from there in 2006 and getting involved in radio and doing exactly what we're doing right now sitting around a table on microphones talking about great stuff and and connecting and all the time, my topics of conversation would gravitate towards health. Mm. So it was a top 40 radio morning show, an afternoon show, and everything centered around the topics I brought to the table had to do about health. And we would get listeners always sending in email questions or phoning and and whatnot. And I started to notice this, this shift that like I had, I guess you would say like, no real control over which was interesting mm. um as much as you know top 40 radio was growing and Sirius XM radio was growing as well it was really my topic of conversation that was so intriguing to me and seeing people succeed became something that I found when I discovered what potential we have as human beings by putting healthier habits into our lifestyle what we can achieve yes and that's where I just started to notice this huge change and I look to the day I was let go from radio it was one of 88 on a Thursday morning that got brought in individually and I think they call it like a Black Friday or something it's actually been so long ago I, I forget mm -hmm. but um, I was brought in and obviously extremely upset uh, that I was let go and I actually you know said too bad about this I'm staying in this career and went to a whole other radio station started there I was let go there three months later with another 30 people so like as if that's not a sign to say take what you absolutely love doing yeah. and you know mold it in a certain way and that was when I really started to discover that my passion was connecting with people, but also bringing health and integrating it in that kind of way. Don't get me wrong. It's fun to like introduce Rihanna on the radio and Drake <laughs> and, you know, um, I don't know who's popular these days. <laughs> it sounds terrible. But... I don't even know. Uh, I'm stuck in the 90s. Harry, Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Well, I was going to say Mariah Carey, but uh, <laughs> maybe that was the last time I, I listened to. I Missy Elliott. Yeah. So we're both on the same we, page. We got the same, we got the same playlist. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I um, I actually took a couple months off and I fully 
you know, revamped what I really wanted to do. And that's when I started working with uh, contracting myself out, working with companies like CTV and, uh, and Rogers at the time. And all of those segments started to build on healthy habits. Mm. So I would speak with listeners and, and do these different segments. So there's actually one coming up this May, um, Your Morning, which is out in Toronto and broadcast nationally. And it's fun because now I'm telling you that and we're in 2022. And I started that in 2012. Wow. So oh, it's wow. been 10 years now of being able to connect with people through the means of what my previous idea of what my future career would be, mm. which was broadcasting and then transitioned here. So I really just took what I saw as benefits that people can start to have in their life and took it into the you know side of exactly what you're mentioning, movement for your bodies, nutrition, obviously what you put in um, and looking energetically, like what are the things in your life that are toxic? Is it different mm. types of, you know, situations and, and how are you productive at work? And, you know, what is your engagement level? What are your passions? And obviously sleep. And we talk about um, detox phones. Uh, you know, screen time is a huge thing. I can put my hand up and raise to that one as well. And I have this like scroll scrolling rule where I'm like three, two, one, and then it's gone. Yeah. Right? Because you never find anything, That's but good. you just keep going. It's endless. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. So you touched on, that. that's so awesome. And I, just in that even, like the amount of, takeaways there are for people to say okay like what what's my relationship to my phone to my surroundings to movement to health um you mentioned in that kind of in between time you took a couple months to kind of figure out okay what is next for me and you know have created a lot of amazing things for yourself and for other people but i'm curious to know like there's a lot of people who i think are in that time or have lived in that time of like liminal space of like, I'm, I'm not sure if I should be here or what's next for me. What did that process look like for you to say, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. I know my pillars or some key things for me are like connection with people, um, being healthy and pursuing, you know, things that light me up. But how did you kind of come to say, okay, mm. this now is like what it's going to be. What did that process look That's like or feel like That's a great question. And I really appreciate that because it's probably something I haven't thought on for mm. years. I would say I, you know, took that time in 2012, early 2012. And looking back now 10 years, it's interesting. I would say the biggest piece that got me to where I am now, being able to sit in front of you and tell you that I can do this as a as a living. Yeah. Um, and something that I incredibly enjoy is people that surrounded me that really believed in me. And choosing those people very specifically. Um, what that time really looked like was actually being okay with failure. Okay. And to me, losing that job did feel like failure. Hence why I was like, I'm going into a new station. I'm going to get hired here and then getting told the same thing again. So um, that did look like failure to me for sure. And learning to accept that it actually wasn't, it was just the right time to make a change. And so I would say that having people that surrounded me that believed in what I was doing was really helpful to me and also being very direct of where I wanted to go to, which didn't come out of the blue at right. all right so i say that but no that took like the time and silence of really like journaling 
finding probably about three mentors that I still think of to this day that were, you know, helping me along that path of saying like, this is terribly scary. What do you think? Mm. And for them to either be like, Ooh, nope, you know what? That's not the right one, but this one does sound good. So yeah, it was, that was helpful to me. Um, I also had a, I still have this incredible woman in my life and she is a, a therapist and I've, we actually brought her onto the morning show in 2010 and here we are 12 years later and she's like a big sister to me. So she was somebody that I would go to and she was very unbiased and yeah, just having those types of support structures in place were really important to me. And like I was on EI during that time. So there was no, like the day that I graduated in 2006, my parents were like, "Ah, (laughs) well, we're free and (laughs) I love them so much for how long they supported me, but they were very serious. I didn't realize it the day that I graduated, you know, six years before telling you that I was let go, it was all on me. So there wasn't any extras that were coming in, but that probably drove me even more. Hmm. Because there was no, you know, nothing Didn't to have fall that back fallback, on. yeah. 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 And um, there's, I think we will, like the way that we are capable of achieving things when it's out of necessity, we don't realize what our true potential is until we need to find it. Oh, totally. And I mean, we, we've seen that. We've seen that in the last two years, right? Where things that we would have said, oh, there's no way that would ever happen, like businesses or governments or anything, any of us, the things that we've had to change that we just took for granted because of the reality and stuff that we've lived through. It really, like, you can look at it and be like, oh, that's so crappy that we've had to let go of this or change this or find a new way but at the same time it speaks to like resilience and the possibility that like no we really can do anything especially when it's kind of like we need to do something yes right we need to find work or we need to pivot our business or shift what we're doing in order to stay afloat or be a a better value in this moment and like the creativity when we're kind of up against it is incredible. Oh, we can do anything. Yeah. Like there's really, I, I don't say that without having like full substance to it. Like we are capable yeah. of doing anything. For sure we are. And we look at um, like fast forwarding to where my career is now, where I get to work with different organizations and bring healthy habits into the workplace. Exactly what you're mentioning, Dean, is identical to where we've seen the speaking side go um previous it was always jump on a flight and be at some conference and whatnot and don't get me wrong it's really nice to have those slowly starting to trickle back but if you look at some of the incredible keynote speakers out there they are absolutely loving the fact that now we have the ability to connect with mass amounts of people by doing virtual Mm -hmm. so that previous to this never existed in this field of work no it was like, oh, we'll go down the roster and we'll pick somebody who's willing to stand on the stage. And now it's like, ah, we'll get three times the people because we're going to go virtual. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the resilience. And, and I think there's always silver lining in, in, in change and hard things, you know, if, if you can have that, that outlook and be patient enough to, to find it. I, I was thinking about a book while you guys were talking there and um, the hard thing the hard, the hardest, the hard thing about, the hardest part about hard things, I think it's called. It's so good, and it's just like, just kind of like de-glorifies like hard work mm-hmm. and resiliency, but talks about the consistency of habits um, allows you to overcome anything that's hard. Um, so maybe we could break down some of the some of the habits, and and we, maybe we can like go through some sections. So. Um, and 
we could use yourself as a, as a muse for this or just generally speaking. So like Yay. when you think of like, let's go through like healthy habits for like your own personal health mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that can include movement and food, um, healthy habits for sleep, healthy habits for the workplace. Um, maybe let's start with health and, mm. and what establishing if I'm someone that's maybe struggling with consistency or, or doesn't have, um, you know, habits in terms of, of my approach to my own wellness, uh, where, where would one start? Well, that's a, it's a really great question because there's so many avenues that bleed into exactly what you're explaining. And at the core of all of this, you might have heard it before, but you really need to know why. Why are you doing this? Is it, you know, to be a better person for your kids? Is it for, at the core of it, it really needs to be for yourself, obviously. But when there is a lot of struggles to get your shoes on, let's use that for instance, to move your body for 30 minutes a day just to get outside and it is pouring rain, you need to remember why the heck you're doing this. And those are the things that like, you know, they kind of stand on your shoulder like the good and the bad, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you need to lean on that. So what are, you actually went back to mentioning in work, you know, when you took that time to structure and figure out what you wanted to do and how you were going to go forward, for me, it was compiling five of my top values. And I also think that that's as important as coming forth with your why when you're really looking into saying, you know, what are the habits that I want to create in my life that Mm. are going to create the best version of myself? How do I want to show up to myself, my family, my coworkers, um, my friends? So we can almost deconstruct these things. If you go to your why and you're like, I want to be a good dad or I want to be a marathon runner, you can be like, okay, what are the habits of this person? And you can kind of work backwards. My favorite thing is reverse engineering. Mm. So like actually looking at the top goal and then completely breaking it down from there. So yeah, exactly what you're saying. From that, we can then establish what the habits are that we need to get right back up to that main goal. It's cool uh, thinking in that lens because we have so many role models in, in all of those. Like you can say, okay, like Elliot Kipchoge is the best marathon runner. Like what are, let's look at his habits or, you know, my neighbor Joe is a great dad. Let's look at his habits mm-hmm. or this is a successful business. Let's look at some of their habits. Like there's so many examples that are widely available, especially in today's world with podcasts and YouTube and, oh. you know, everybody's got a book and. I think um, something really important to remember on that topic is we are each other's teachers. Yes. Yeah. So exactly what you're explaining, the neighbor Joe, that's a great dad yes. and, you know, a fantastic ultra marathon runner. Like we are in this world to be one another's teachers. So as much as I'm explaining healthy habits, you know, you pull from every which way to create that specific individual. That's cool. Yeah. So so for health, I think health has like this huge umbrella, right? Yes. Where I went very vague there. We, we, yeah. we, we, can, we can kind of zoom in. We can zoom into some aspects of health. Yeah. And, and what I really love breaking it down into is body, mind, and soul. Okay. So I think for me, the soul piece really comes down to the why and your values and right. where you see your life going really, you know, asking yourself that very honest question, like, where do I see myself in two years? Where do I see myself in five years? And that was a hard question to answer for the last two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, right? Like as much as we can even bring in the topic of running, I want to do really well in this race. Well, there are none. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, and, and so just little things like that. And I think right now we're in a stage where people are actually more invested in their healthy habits than we've ever seen because they are wanting to be that better person after what we've just gone through for sure. Do you think at all that uh, the pandemic like took things out of like a micro lens and made it macro, like healthy habits for life versus healthy habits for this like one individual event that whether it's running or oh. or whatever, like a trip it could be like a trip. I want to get into like beach bod shape for this trip. Like yeah. now it's like, well, everything has kind of been canceled. So I'm going to make healthy habits for a lifetime versus a singular event. It's interesting you mention that. So I will um, go back a little bit. 2016, we released an app that is specific to healthy habits. So this is what each of our individuals that we get to work with um, and companies go through is the Healthy Habits app. And this came out in 2016. And and my other half, uh, Connor, he and I were walking like the week once the pandemic got announced. And I go to this thought and this memory because I looked at him and I was like, we're going to lose every single one of our clients. Mm. I'm terrified. Like people are pulling the plug on all of the extras. And I was just thinking to myself, like, what can I do really? Like I was nervous for sure. The speaking side of things, there was no planes, you know, all of those bits and pieces. And I'm so proud to sit here with both of you right now and say that we lost maybe two of our clients that have actually eventually come came back. They were just individuals who had just needed to see a transition and get into a new role. But every single one of our clients, other than those two, stayed on with us. Amazing. And I've never seen people more committed in their lives. The retention rate used to be two years, and we've actually seen that go up now because everybody stayed in terms of wanting to pick apart these habits. And as glorified as I can make habits sound, we honestly, like there's a roller coaster, right? And, And when I say that there's a roller coaster, it's not like everybody goes on like this trajectory of going up, 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 up. You have to discover that why. And that's why I come back to that. And you have to discover those values because if you don't have those under wraps mm-hmm. and you're really darn honest with yourself and your support network that's around you, those are likely to either maybe be a little bit fabricated, if you will, and have the potential to crumble. Yeah. So those are really darn important. So start with your why. Yeah. Start yeah. with your why and get really clued in on what your values are. And do you, do you like work with people on that or is that something you send them away? Like what's the, if someone's like, I don't know like what my values are, like where do you start if someone's like kind of coming into it like very fresh, like I've I've had, (laughs) I've had things given to me or like I've had this job where like, you know, I just think that this is my value because I'm here, but now I've lost that job or I feel like totally disconnected, unsatisfied, like I'm not living my life. I'm just kind of like going through the motions. Yeah. Like, how do you help people become like you're, you're clearly obviously a very passionate, (laughs) enthusiastic person. How do you help people discover that within themselves and say, oh yeah, I want to have like that passion for life and like know what my values are, know my why so that I can be like effective in growth and change and possibility. I I genuinely feel it it comes down to the question of what do you enjoy? Mm. 
Uh, and sometimes people are shy to even say what that is in the get-go, right? But it's not like this huge, like barbaric type of question yeah. where we need to go down this rabbit hole and say, I'll touch base with you in a week, you know, think in your bedroom and close your eyes and think yeah. of all of these things and light some <laughs> candles around you. Do that if you want. Um, but no, like it, what do you enjoy in life? Mm-hmm. Like if, even if there's some individuals that are, are so burnt out in work right now and they think they can't see the other side of that, but they know deep down at their core what they enjoy. Right. They do. 100% they do. And that, it comes down to breaking down those pieces, right? So what is it in life that you enjoy? And usually it's scary how simple it is. It's so weird. Like yeah. people want to cook a meal at the end of the day and have the time to be able to do that and connect with their family and sit at the dinner table. Or have 30 minutes alone, you know, and just have nothing, pure silence. Right. Like there's, and and I know I give those just as examples, but it really comes down to very simple, very simple things. Right. And uh, allowing ourselves like the reality to say the things that bring you joy are like very important things. Because we often like push that off. It's like when there's time, I'll be like happy and joyful or those things are like frivolous. When is the time? Exactly. It's literally like we don't have any. That's the one thing we're not guaranteed. Yes. All we have is now, right? All we've got. Yeah. 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 So So it's like, why not? And that brings into context the change in career. Mm -hmm. And it was seeing that light to say, oh my goodness, but would I be happy if I keep chasing jobs and jobs and jobs and knowing that like I'm actually being told to make a change. Yeah. But still chasing it and then ending up where I am again and again and yeah no <laughs> right when when else do you change it mm-hmm. right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i think that alone is like a great lesson because so many people are stuck or um what's the saying like the devil you know is better than like uh you know they're they could be stuck in something that feels terrible but they're more comfortable in, in that state of, of oh, what of is comfortable is familiar. What is familiar versus yes. like taking a chance because taking a chance can be scarier than the current situation. Like, do we ever hear horrific stories of you always hear people say like, if I didn't make this change, this wouldn't have happened, and it usually proceeds to something positive. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, I even look at the juice truck and I've always been so in awe of what you and Ryan have created. Um, and I look at that and it. you guys went to India. Yes. Right? India in Nepal. We'll, yes. We'll talk about Nepal We'll talk later. about Nepal in a second. <laughs> um, and uh, you guys got it. You must have been terrified to come back and make this your career change. Uh, we, we've always had this, like, coming from a background in sports, like this, like, false confidence to like try things you know and if and like no fear of failure especially when we're young like there's more there's more at risk now but uh when we're young like we just had this like let's try attitude i remember like in our business plan we even had like if it doesn't work we'll work at cactus club like that was in our business plan (laughs) we'll pay off we'll pay off and look at juice truck now we'll pay off our (laughs) our loans uh, cactus club yeah that's for and hey anybody working at cactus club you know what i mean yeah like, great option but yeah Absolutely. i hear you because we're like you know what if we're we, i think our startup was like 50 grand it was pretty low so we're like if we 25 grand each if it fails like you know we'll pay it off in a year or two yeah so it didn't seem like a big risk when we you know broke it down and uh 
just went for it. And to someone listening right now, that could feel huge. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's really putting that into perspective for yourself. And yeah. yeah. I, and I think you brought a great point, Dean. It's like when, if not now, when? Right. And those types of conversations are really important to, yeah. to have. Because like the flip side, like you were saying, right? The, the, the story is always like, oh man, I never would have got here if I didn't make this change or invest in myself or look into myself and say, what are the things that I really want? go on the trip, right? And have this kind of sense of like, well, let's try it. We, The alternative is like the stories that we don't really hear, but we see around us all the time, which is like the person who really is dissatisfied with- Stagnant. Yeah, their place in yeah. life. And they're not, they're not really doing anything about it because like maybe it is that fear of failure or change or, well, what if? So then we like accept a life that is less than joyful or less than full. Comfortably numb. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so like the risk is worth it. The 100% it's worth mm-hmm. it. And that in itself, I think, is a healthy habit. I love that. Really? Yeah. Just taking the chance. Right. And and that in itself, like if you don't take the chance, you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have no idea what your potential is, what you're capable of. Yeah. None of that. I A good friend of mine uh, a few years ago when I was kind of like poised that, uh, you know, one of those decision moments in your life, right? And I was like, oh, I don't know, though, like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, listen, what if you just lived with more curiosity than fear? And I was like, oh, damn. And like in that sentence, I was like, well, I know my answer now yeah. <laughs> to pursue like the thing that is like more intriguing and like not be not step back yeah. because of like, well, like what if it doesn't pay as well or what if this or what if that? But just say, well, like lean into the what if. And like that was life changing, honestly. So if, that's great advice. I love that. Quote. Yeah, I yeah. love that, too. According to what Dean's saying, what if, what if you're working with someone that is really cautious and taking risks is really intimidating and they're not happy, but uh, it seems like a crazy thing to, you know, step step into, you know, the new waters. Mm-hmm. How, how do you encourage them to take that step? It's a word that you already brought up and it's consistency. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's it's literally just chipping away at what we know is at the core. Oftentimes what we can see from the outside looking in but sometimes the person on the inside can't see it for themselves quite yet. Right. So it's, it's you know, getting them to acknowledge that, but we also see the fear coming out versus the curiosity and us being more of that guiding light to say there's more here. Mm-hmm. So creating a consistency in a way of a plan around what we can do to help bring that out for them to constantly see really their confidence come out. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's, you know, oh, I knew this was here all along or... <laughs> That type of thing. So, yeah, yeah, consistency is, um, in my opinion, is probably the foundation of every single thing. Just keep showing up. It's just show up. Right. Yeah. Just show up. And, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be. Oftentimes, people want to compete with themselves is something that we see quite frequently. Like, obviously, yes, there's people around that they want to be competitive with, but they really want to compete with themselves. And it's having that realistic ability to see yourself and say not every day is going to be a day where I'm going to perform with excellence in A, B, C, D, E, right? That's just not realistic. Right. We can all sit at this table and, you know, we've probably checked off three of those 10 boxes today and it's like, yeah, but are we consistent? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. And that's what allows us to be here. So, and, and be happy and, and healthy. Mm-hmm. So it is all about consistency. The framework that allows so much possibility. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've uh, we've established uh, what 
we enjoy, we've established our values, we've established our why, where do we go from there? So I personally find that um, when it comes to healthy habits, movement and nutrition are two key things that, and, and sleep, yes. definitely. Mm. Uh, those three are, are your parameters when it comes to, it's funny, I've been working a lot more on the corporate side of things. Yes. And so to be chatting about this right now makes me really excited because we still have individual clients, but obviously on the corporate side, yeah. it comes down heavily to engagement in the workplace and productivity. However, um, all of that also still comes down to the consistency of the individual, right? right? You can't have a team at work unless so-and-so is taking care of themselves in the way of movement and in way of what they're putting into their bodies and in way of how they're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, movement is different for everybody, which yeah. is really cool. Like yes. we've got some people who are, you know, like we talk about running and they're like ultimate Frisbee. And I'm like, great. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> you know? And, um, and, and obviously just like throwing the idea of the app out there, these things are put into the app itself. So, right. um, we actually have like a, a guide within the app that allows the video to come up so let's say you're doing like a dumbbell movement at home we were chatting kettlebells before we turned the uh the record button on but yeah that will actually give people proper instruction because at the core of movement is ensuring that you have a strong base of foundation and education in way of technique mm-hmm. so that's something that's taken very seriously because i can't tell you that we've got you know the opportunity to work with people long if we aren't taking care of their bodies and educating them on the proper way to move them right yeah and I think that's like foundational. I, I mean, I know for myself, it's like when I'm stuck mentally, like with an idea or something, it's like the, the movement piece is often what like dislodges that. Yeah. And like the creativity comes, whether even it's something simple as like going for a walk, right? Which is pretty accessible to everyone, right? Yes. Or just getting outside and changing your space, right? Changing your yeah. perspective. Yeah. It, but like going for a run, right? We've talked about it before on the pod, but like all, all of our best thinking and ideas have like come out of that like movement and allowing our bodies to move and then like mentally process as we're progressing and moving and like that's been that's been huge for us and you wonder like hormonally like what's happening right like something that you know is happening that's allowing you to have that type of creativity that comes to you in that moment where we think like looking at a screen will help advance us even quicker and it's no there's so much more value to creating those moments for yourself, even if someone's listening right now and says, I can't fit that in in the day. It's, you know, even when business was as busy as it was at certain times, I blocked that off in my calendar. That was one hour that was untouchable. Right. It was like literally me meeting in a meeting with nobody else but myself. Yes, yes. (laughs) But nobody else needed to know that. That's true, yes. I've I've done a few of those like calendar meetings, right? Yeah. Trail meeting. I've never, yes. I've never done that. <laughs> no, never with you, yeah. Zach. No, I've never. Do you like to run? Do you? So many meetings with Dean. Gosh. Yeah. What, yeah. Are, we, what are we always working on? <laughs> These yeah. brilliant ideas, clearly. Right. The funny thing is like, you know, we schedule and runs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe they seem like they're like selfish for our own, you know, self-improvement. But it is in truth where we are most productive. Mm-hmm. Um, like if, if we were conventional and met at a table or a coffee shop or at the office, we would achieve far less than we would in going for a run or going for a hike or even going for a walk or something like that. Yeah. And I love for people to hear that because there's such value in movement. Yes. And again, it doesn't have to be something huge, yeah. right? Like even just 
anybody that's been sitting at their desk for eight hours in a work day and they know it's the busy season and they've got another two hours to go, yes. put your shoes on and just go outside and walk, yeah. you know, around anywhere at that point. And yeah, it's, it's all about being yeah. able to be more productive and in, you know, having more time doing mm-hmm. what we enjoy. Because I think sometimes, you know, other people can eye roll when you're like, oh, I have a run meeting or whatever. Oh, absolutely. Because they, they don't see it as like true productivity. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's far the opposite. And I think it's like changing that stigma or that expectation, whether it's at the workplace or at home, that movement like does create that possibility and creates that flow of thinking that is, is hard to, to do when you're stagnant. Yeah. yeah, so good. And I love the idea of like scheduling it and building it in and protecting it. And I mean, I think that that's in- encouraging and important for people to hear is like block that time off. Oh, yes. Because if you don't, it we either just like Netflix it away or it like gets filled up with something else or we say, oh, I'll do it. Like I'll work out after dinner. But then it's like, no, something else comes up or like, you know, if you have kids, it's like, okay, get the kids to bed. And then usually after that, it's game over because yeah. you're just like tired and the day is, feels like it's done. But building that into your day in a way that you can get it in even if it's like uh, speaking with a friend of mine he was like i used to do like these long workouts right and then the way that life shifted during covid and work from home and all this he's like i don't have the space to do like these long long workouts that i used to do but now it's like 15 minutes maybe three to four times a day for him right yeah and i was like oh that's so that's so good gets it in still gets it in and then this fact is like loving it because it's challenging in, in different ways right so I think that there's like creativity in that, but it's that consistency piece. Absolutely. Making, it, making scheduling your fitness like a habit. And and don't like treat it as if you would somebody else like that you were meeting, right? Because I think as much as we can talk about this, I don't know, the three of you, <laughs> the three of us at the table right now, we might be able to relate to this um, in the way of, you know, a call comes in and you feel like it's important and you're like, oh, but that's over that time frame that I put myself in for that. I'm not meeting somebody else. I could move it. And you're thinking of these things in your head mm-hmm. and it's like, but there's no other time in the day. But that's okay to say no to. Right. Right? Like that's okay to say, you know what? Tomorrow's actually going to be a better option or the following day. So treat that as if you would, that you were meeting somebody. Like an actual, yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's just reframing, right? Because yeah. you wouldn't cancel on your trainer. You wouldn't cancel on your, oh my gosh, this sounds terrible, but like we'll go to F45 in the morning for our quick little workout burst. Yeah. And I have to sign up before I go to bed at night because we go for 530 in the morning. And I'll tell you at 505 in the morning when my alarm goes off, had I have not have been signed up, oh, it is so easy to just yes. roll over and be like, oh, 610 today. I'll sleep till 610. Yes, yes. Right? <laughs> but I have to. I have to sign up. Yeah. So it's just that exact same thing where it's like block it in. Totally. Yeah. I think the, the, that's such good good advice too. Or even like I know people who say they get home from work and the first thing they do is like change into their running clothes yeah. or their workout clothes because they know they've got a few other things that are going to happen in life. You know, what? maybe it's picking up kids, maybe it's grocery store or prepping some dinner. But they're like, if I don't change it's that sense of just like built in accountability of like, yeah. well, I've already put my clothes on, which is so fickle. Door, it's, it's so, so fickle. True. But then you're just like, I'm already dressed. Okay. I'm just going to go. Yeah. And even if it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes or an hour, whatever it might be, like you've set yourself up with that, that habit you're really. Prepared. Just like you're, you're prepared. You're yeah. making it easier for yourself to just say yes to that time. Which is and so I good. think there's a lot in society 
for like the last decade or two that has been centered around um, fads. And that's something that I think is really important to break down because every single one of us is different. So even though I'm saying, and and, you know, we're talking about like an after work workout or uh, first thing in the morning, there's no like perfect scenario for every single one of us. And I, I just look at it this way where I'm like, wherever you are most productive in the day. So for me, my most productive time is from like that 6.30 a.m. window till about noon. And then I can tell you after noon, I'm doing things in like, like it takes me two times the amount of time that it would take me before noon. And that sounds ridiculous, but it's just the way my brain works. So therefore, I know that like my workout time is best around like three o'clock because everything is said and done. And why bother doing it at 7 a.m. when that's actually my most productive time around work and my mind is thinking the best. So it really comes down to like finding out what works best for you mm. in that. And I get it as, as families grow as well, like you do have to adjust certainly. But when you find that time that is best for you, protect it and avoid what is the noise of media and fads of, you know, work out in the morning, you're going to burn double the amount of calories. Oh my goodness. No, you're never going to burn double the amount of calories if you're going and then you're half asleep. And you know what I mean? Or yeah. you're waiting till the end of the day because that's the new fad, but then you're actually not even going. You're sitting watching Netflix. Yeah. So do what works for you because yeah. every single one of us is different. Right. Yeah, that's so good. I, I like the part about uh, going back to the putting scheduling time for yourself and, and um, kind of honoring and respecting that time. Are there other habits or hacks that you have around accountability? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say um, it's interesting. I, I use this one a little bit loosely because I find sometimes it puts too many people in one box, but having goals is really important for mm-hmm. accountability. And even if it's something that doesn't have to do with like a big group type of goal, whether it be like a half marathon or, you know, something along those lines, have them individually for yourself as that accountability and things that we can look at within like the next six months. So break those, we were talking about the reverse engineering, like break those down, right? And be realistic with them, but set time markers around them. So I would say accountability piece of having goals is extremely important. It can be something as simple as, you know, hiking or whatever it is and experiencing some type of, um, some type of way of movement. So we'll throw that in there. Also, um, I mean, we're plant-based as we can have these types of conversations, but for some people it's actually nutrition and it's like a meatless Monday, right? So like bringing that into your lifestyle Mm -hmm. and actually having the accountability to check that off for yourself every Monday on the calendar and being able to physically see it is really important. Um, Accountability of those around you, I personally find like within couples, when you have got the husband and the wife or the girlfriend and the boyfriend or boyfriend and boyfriend, girlfriend and girlfriend, there is so much more success when you're in it together. Right. It's It can be done 100% separately. No, can't say it can't be done, but we see such incredible success when you do it together. And it's not the exact same thing together, but you know, you're both on that train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And um, so I would say having that accountability in a friend, a partner, your family, just being very open about it because it's very easy when you've got a lot of people surrounding you on, you know, Saturday night and it's like, we're all staying out. What are you thinking you're doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to have these, you know, types of 
of goals for yourself where you know that is the way to your own healthy habits. Mm -hmm. So yeah, being open about them for sure. I like that. Mm -hmm. One thing that I do a lot and tell me what you think, once I'm like set on a goal, usually I'll internalize things until I'm like ready to be like, "This this is the time. And then once I'm ready, I talk about it a lot to the people that I know that will like support me in that goal. So if I want to run a marathon, I'll mention it to you. I'll mention it to Dean. I'll mention it to my running community because all of a sudden now I'm accountable to more people than myself. And they're also going to like check in on me and, and support that goal. So, I mean, we're talking about running, but it could be like starting a business. It could be like changing your sleep routine. It could be anything. So like, once I talk about it, I feel like I'm putting it out there and that like net of accountability and um, inspiration and all sorts of other things is kind of like set. Well, it's funny because we can think these things in our head, right? But the moment that it oftentimes comes out of our mouth, it makes it real. Yes. So if we think back to like, you you know, any big event in our life when you actually said the words that you knew had a really big substance to them and you said that you were going to do this, like you really find out quickly all the people around you that are like, this is incredible. We want to support you, right? We were chatting about things that are making us excited right now. And it's exactly that. Like we are built as human beings to want to see others succeed. When we are at our potential, right? For like where we want to be in life, where we see ourselves and and we're happy with on our own routines. There's that real genuine happiness for others that shines through. Totally. And I think when you see someone doing like achieving something that they've set out to do, whether or not you would ever do that same thing, whether it's a run or opening a business or writing a book or whatever it might be that their goal is and then seeing it through. But just that process of like knowing someone and cheering them on to achieve that is so inspirational. Like, oh man, I can't believe you ran an ultra marathon. Like I would never do that, but that's inspiring me to take on the thing that I want to do, right? Open a business or whatever whatever it might be. We, We kind of encourage each other on even if it's in like different pursuits. And if we look at like, again, the foundation of all of those things that you just ran through as huge pursuits, it's all about consistency. Mm -hmm. So really you're just looking at the foundation of that individual, whether it be a business, whether it be a run, whether it be they've, you know, decided to put on 15 pounds of muscle mass or lose 200 pounds. Really, it comes down to you being amazed in the commitment, the dedication, the consistency, you you don't even want to know why they want to run an ultra marathon. You really want to know how the heck did you create those habits? Yeah. To get yourself there. Yeah. So if we look at it that way, there's actually so much inspiration around us. Right. Yeah, because we often just look at the big thing or the result, but then it's really it's those everyday like little decisions many, many, many throughout every day that like lead to that result, right? That really is, I think, what captivates us, whether we're like consciously aware of that or not. We're like, wow, amazing. You did that thing. But it's like, no, no, it was all of the little things along the way that got you to that. And that's all it is, is it's the little things. Right. It is just like, and I don't want to undermine it, but that's where... when you hear healthy habits, it's like, oh my goodness, oh dear. You know, what does this mean? I've got to put away the ice cream in the freezer. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you, I probably had like a slice of cake yesterday. And you know what I mean? But it's again, creating those healthy habits that allow consistency to be the underlying piece. Right. Yeah. And if we focus on the habits, it makes, if we focus on the result, it can seem intimidating. But if we focus on the habits, it yeah. seems possible. Like I could, I could look at 
going back to Elliot Kipchoge, um, the best marathon runner in the world, in my opinion. We're talking about running lots, so apologies if uh, running isn't the right symbol for whatever you're trying to accomplish in your life. But you could look at his results and be like, that's impossible to me. But if you look at his habits, those are possible to most people. Like he wakes up like most of us. He brushes his teeth like most of us. Oh, yes. And he goes for, for jogs like a lot of people that run. Um, so I think if you like are looking at the habits, the things are things seem a lot more attainable than if you just are focusing at the end result. And even with you mentioning him, he had a post that went out a couple of days ago and he says, I don't run with my feet, I run with, or my legs, I run with my soul. And what does that bring us right back to, right? Like just the why. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why do you do it? Yeah. Why do you want to do it? Love that. Yeah. Was that that Nike video? I think I, I, think I, I might have watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I meant to send it to you this morning, Dean. I watched yeah. it and I was like, this is amazing. He's amazing. Oh, I'm so and it was just this one him. sentence yeah. and I was like, way to go. That got me. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, he's, he's all right. He's okay. I mean. Way to go. Okay. Um, can we talk about sleep for a minute? And then I, I'm curious about some workplace habits. And then we can get into some of your adventures and stuff oh, like sure, that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm just talking completely. So you guys direct me. It's awesome. <laughs> so this is like a bit of a selfish one. I feel like I've got really great healthy habits around eating. I've got healthy habits around movement. Uh, I could probably have healthier habits at work. But I always compromise my sleep. How many um, hours are you sleeping a night? It varies because there is no structure or habits. Like sometimes it's four hours. Sometimes it's eight hours. I'd say like six hours on average, which isn't terrible, but I'll go through like stretches where it's like four hours for a month and then I'll like burn out and I'll be like, I'm going to bed at 8 p.m. or whatever. And it's because I'm trying to, uh, here I am justifying it. Um, Tell me your reasons. I'm like putting other habits as a higher priority over sleep. Like I want to watch that, watch that Netflix or I want to get those emails in. Uh, And it's like, I haven't prioritized it to the same degree as other areas in my life. Um, But it's all connected, right? You might not like me much for saying this, but we can't have any of those other habits. Yes. Have the potential that they they have capable in our lives without sleep being at the top of all of it. Yeah, I need to hear that. Thank you. Talk about movement. Yep. Our bodies only move best when we're rested. Yes. We talk about nutrition. Yes. Our stomachs are our second brain, right? Yeah. We only digest best when we are rested. Yes. Our bodies need time to recover, whether it be mentally from work, whether it be physically from what we put our bodies through, that comes from rest. And if I can tell you one thing to never jeopardize on, sleep. I know you're not going to like me. <laughs> I know. It is sleep. Like I look at you right now and I'm like, yeah. all of the things that you can achieve, Zach, yeah. blows my mind in the way that you do that on that little of sleep. Yeah. And I look at you and I'm like, what could you do if you got <laughs> seven hours? Right. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be my takeaway. So let's, let's yeah. talk about how. How do I set up healthy habits to... to... What's standing in your way? Uh, like me time, like I get my kids down to sleep around later than I'd like, like nine o'clock, nine thirty. So then I want to have a bit of me time. So I'll watch some Netflix and then, so habits, I've always been a night person. So when I was like a university student, I, at Emily Carr, I painted at night because I felt like I had no distractions. So, but I would sleep in until like late and I can't do that anymore. 
Um, so I, my mind really does like flow nicely at nighttime. So then I'll like, I'll be awake and I'll be like, I'll think about those emails and I'll have solutions in my mind. I was like, okay, I might as well do it now because I'm thinking about it. Um, so I'll watch my Netflix and I'll do some work. And then usually, you know, time escapes me and it's late and I go to bed, um, fall asleep very quickly. Which is nice. Cause I I'm bet. Yeah. Pretty tired. <laughs> Your body's like, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and then having two young kids, I get up whenever they get up, which is usually pretty early. So it's like maybe if I scheduled in me time at other points in the day, time. then yeah. I wouldn't feel the need to watch. Although it would be strange to watch Netflix in the middle of the day, but maybe that's what I need. <laughs> I think, okay, I, I look at it this way where... Analyze me, Mandy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We're going to need coffee. No, I'm yeah, just yeah, kidding yeah. you. Um, <laughs> send, me, send me your invoice later. No, no this, is, this is great, actually, because this is something I'd love to follow up on. Yeah. Um, I look at it this way where pre-kids, what was your sleep routine? Similar. I would stay up. I would work at night okay. and uh, watch shows at night, but I'd sleep in a little bit later. I'd get up at like like eight or nine versus like five or six. Got it. Okay. So right now, what would you say relatively? You're going to bed around midnight or one o'clock? Yeah. Between midnight to one usually. Yeah. Okay. And then you're up by? Like between 5.30 and 6.30 5.30 usually. 5.30 and 6.30. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because if we look at, okay, so five, right? If you even tried to get six hours of sleep yeah. routinely, just to see what that's like for you, six is still low. Okay. Okay. Six is still low. Well, I'd love set to some see. Let's some goals. I'm, I'm and a, that's let's, it. Let's do it. Right? Like we have to do like the, again, the reverse engineering. We yeah. have to do the baby steps to get there. I think seven would be absolutely ideal, especially for what I know you want to tackle in way of what you want to put your body through. Okay. And I think it would be at a detriment to your body to put it through what you want to at that little of rest. Okay. Okay. So like, look at that as your motivator. Yes. Really. Right. Like you, I, I see the cycles that you do every day and the, and the running too. And do you want that to get better? Heck yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> easy, easy answer. Yeah. So then I'm going to ask you, is that matter more to you than Netflix? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's take one of those hours, right? So if you wake up between five to five thirty with the kids. Yes. What if you were in bed lights out by 11? Let's do it. Okay. Like, what is the harm in trying it for even, I'm going to throw it out there, like three days. Yeah. For three days. And then you come back to me and you're like, Mandy, this is silly. I'm really behind on Netflix. Or you come back to me and you're like, geez, I had no idea I even missed it. Yeah. Right. Right? Like, there's such huge potential in, I just see what, like, if you came to me and you told me it was some other area in your life, like... Mandy, I don't have enough time for Netflix. I say we don't have a conversation. <laughs> the fact that you just told me you need time for sleep. Yes. We definitely need to assess that okay. and create a healthier habit around it. Right. So it's not saying immediately like you need to sleep eight hours of night because that's not realistic for you. Right. And I also look at it this way where you guys have the cutest kids in the way that they will not be kids long right it's true it's a chapter it is a chapter and so like if you as a dad can get in six to six and a half hours of sleep a night and say you did that for the first five years or whatever it is like that's a win right right and then as like this isn't a forever and i think that's one thing that's really important to point out is is nothing is a forever right so even me throwing out this idea of like lights out at 11 
that doesn't have to be forever. You can come back mm-hmm. to me and say, Mandy, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. That was weird. Well, then, okay, we have to restructure something, right? But it's always worth a try. Mm-hmm. It makes, okay, I've got two two questions, and I feel like, Dean, you got some lights on, too. Like, So Desiree Nielsen, we recently had her on, and she's talking about nutrition, but I think maybe we can apply this to sleep yes. and other things. And her saying is pattern over plate. So, mm-hmm. like, what's consistently showing up on your plate versus, you know, the one time you have ice cream a week or the one time you have a cookie, like what are you doing consistently? And that's Mm -hmm. what matters. So if I stay up late, you know, once a week, maybe, you know, don't have to be so hard on myself, but if I'm consistently getting that extra hour, then I'm winning. Okay. My next, my next, (laughs) and it's kind of fun, right? Like you feel like you're like, Ooh, whoa, (laughs) I stayed up till like 11 or one or one. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then the kids maybe sleep in a little bit more on the Saturday or Sunday morning. There we go. Yeah. Okay, so I think this is a great segue um, to talk about breaking unhealthy habits. I just shared mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have them, and sometimes we can be addicted to them, whether it's substance or food or relationships or you know being addicted to, to work. Um, how do we first, I guess, acknowledge those unhealthy habits, and then how do we redirect them so that they be- can become healthy? It's interesting. I think um, even as even as much as we can say that we don't identify something as being unhealthy at our core, we know that we have an unhealthy habit. And maybe it's just not something that has come out of our mouth yet. Uh, again, bringing it into context and not just having it as a thought in your head. But I do think that like all of us know intuitively, we've seen it through all walks of life over the last... I'll say eight years since we started actually working with clients. Thousands of people know when something is unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And as much as you're like, oh, I don't want to admit this. Well, I went right to the sleep because I'm like, I know this is my unhealthy habit. I have others. But uh, yeah, we can can all admit. That we've got something that is unhealthy to us. Okay. Right. And that's where I look to saying, it's having that real check-in with yourself to say, if I continue on this path, what does it look like? Am I happy with it? If you are, then how much do you really want to change that bad habit? Is a great first place to start. Second of all, is it really, is it something that is detrimental to, you know, where you see yourself going? Mm-hmm. And if it is, well then heck, it's time to, you know, say it out loud tell and it's interesting because we just talked about like accountability and all of the pieces to create a healthy habit it's not that hard and I don't want to take away from the the strength that it takes to change a bad habit into something that can be healthier but we create in our minds this huge obstacle course that we've got to go through and it just comes down to like acknowledging it Mm. and and being ready to say that's that's not the path that I want to take right and there's again influence all around us yeah. right that we just need to expose ourselves to more to be able to open up those doors that we can create a better situation around what is a bad habit into a healthy one right i think it's so important too just uh, it's very like obvious and intuitive but i think it's important to just name is like how connected that is to what we were talking about earlier which is like what is your why so that when you're in that pattern and you're like oh but this is like my habit or this is my routine, we might often say, but then asking like, okay, but does this 
serve your why? Does it serve your purpose or your goal or whatever it is? And then if the question is like, no. Brilliant, yeah. Then you have motivation to start to like work to change those habits. And it's not as hard because it can be really hard to to change a habit. Yes. But if you're clear on like, oh, this actually isn't serving me with like the direction that I want to go. So like maybe I do need to like stop eating a bag of chips at night every night and then wondering why like oh why am I like not losing weight I'm exercising all the time and da 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 but then it's like you have this habit which maybe is like brings you joy or comfort or whatever yes but good in, answer, yeah. in the moment but then it's it's kind of like interfering with what you really are striving for and and I think something you just touched on there is actually creating symbols so oftentimes like we'll see people that want to come home from work and they will celebrate by having a glass of wine and instead if that is something that they don't want to continue with if they identify that as their bad habit it's creating a different symbol around coming home right uh-huh. so it's not about coming home and being like all right well what am I going to do the only thing you're going to think about is that glass of wine right it's getting in the house, maybe running the bathtub and that being your new symbol of being able to like relax after a really busy day and having that 30 minutes to yourself where you're like, okay, I'm just in my own zone here and I'm relaxing. Um, But it really comes down to creating a new symbol within Mm. the frame of what was a bad habit and not just throwing everything out the window, right? Right. Um, You mentioned the bag of chips and that's something I find um, is really important to identify oftentimes with clients that we work with when we're working towards nutrition because it's not ever, (laughs) okay, um, they're going to call me out on this, but it's not ever about the bag of chips. It's never about the bag of chips. It's right. comfort from uh, food in childhood or it is um, uh, the fact of the matter that that's their way of they celebrate it, mm. right? So that was their symbol of celebration was having a bag of chips. Um, or they're literally self-sabotaging. Like they're so darn close to what their goals are and the way that they want themselves to, you know, continue to evolve. But they are like no, I'm going to self-sabotage and I'm Mm. going to do this. And it's really interesting because when you allow people the opportunity to know that that's a really safe conversation to have and that all of us do it, they literally will come and be like, I just did this and I had no idea I did it. What just happened? Mm. And it's like, oh, that's great. Like, let's identify it, right? So like next time that that happens, just write down what what you were feeling. Completely numb. Okay, great. Perfect. Glad you enjoyed that. That's good. Enjoy like what you're having right in this moment. But then let's digress. We chat with clients every single week. um, And we obviously have things structured daily uh, with them. But when we can then go back and say, okay, what happened here? Okay, well, we look at the rest of their day or what their sleep was like the night before. (laughs) I'm pointing at you. It's my potato chips. (laughs) Um, Or we look at what happened stressors wise, right? And that was their way of like reward, comfort, and believe it or not, self-sabotage. Right. Because I'm going out on a limb here, but I'm sure you would know um, like so many of our habits that we would say are like bad habits or Mm -hmm. like not our best or unhealthy they're pro- they probably come from a place that we're like almost not even aware of. It's like, all subconscious. Right? And so identifying those things like gives you power oh, to yes. say, oh, now, like, now I know why I do this thing. So like the next time I'm feeling the urge to like crack open a bag of chips or have that glass of wine or whatever it might be, like you can kind of evaluate it more and be like, is it something that I like really want to enjoy? Then like go for it because like pattern over, oh, you know, like that individual yeah. thing. But then saying like, 
oh no, no, it's because I'm stressed about that thing at work. So what else can I do to like alleviate the stress that's going to be like a healthier version of that habit? Because It'll think, actually make you feel better after. Right. Right. And yeah. that's the key thing that we want to do. And, and I do think that Tony Robbins was somebody who mentioned this, that there's always got to be something that outweighs the other. Right. And so something has got to be of a greater purpose. So when I look at the example of like coming home, having a stressful day, having some chips or whatever it is, and again, nothing and I don't think should ever be categorized as like bad. Right. 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 And I think that that's so important to look at because then it allows us to be more free. Mm -hmm. And, um, but if you having that bag of chips outweighs the result of what you're going to feel afterwards, then going and putting your shoes on and going out for a 20 minute walk and calling a girlfriend or calling one of your best pals or call or just literally being in silence Mm -hmm. which feels better afterwards and oftentimes we want in our society something that is so darn immediate yeah that is either going to help with the numbing or is going to help with you know how to cope in that exact moment but sometimes you don't realize that the outcome of just putting your runners on and going for a walk let alone just outside fresh air for that 20 minutes Mm -hmm. overpowers that very minimal movement of satisfaction that you get from the chips when your blood sugar level spikes and you're like ah right And, and instead you really have to figure out what is the driving force at the end what do you want yeah yeah and it's interesting because like even zach was saying you know that idea like getting into kind of like how it works in our minds and stuff and i'm just speaking from my own experience too is like it feels good in the moment but then afterward it feels like regret oh and what you don't get rid of no like it sticks and then can compound into like further decisions that make us feel worse about ourselves and so goes kind of like the downward spiral of like well i ate chips and so now i feel like bad about that it's like now I'm gonna whatever have a beer or like eat these cookies and like I know it just kind of like spirals versus where if you can like kind of intercede those thoughts or or intercept those thoughts and then be like no I'd I'd rather like get outside or read a book or listen to my favorite album or whatever it is something different that kind of like moves you away from that like it'll help you feel better than indulging in that habit well and look at the way we oftentimes like when we're frustrated with ourselves or we're feeling guilty like how do we react to others Mm. right like we're frustrated within ourselves and I look at that and it's like okay well then how are you showing up with your family how are you showing up with your spouse how are you showing up at work with your friends like when we're upset with ourselves we're not necessarily in a state to want to even like honor like oh my phone's ringing you know what I mean and and that connection kind of just like stops right if you will and this is something like what we're talking about exactly that dean it takes a lot of time yeah like i really want to real like put out the reality that like that is a compound learning lesson it takes probably about like i would say anywhere from like six months to a year to have a couple of situations i'm gonna say maybe 10 where you actually start to learn the healthy habit to come out of that routine because you know that it's so much better on the other side of yeah. the options. So it's not something that's overnight. Yeah. It really it really does take time. Yeah. But and I it's think it's easy on yourself. Yeah, right? And coming back to the fact that like you know, if we know anything about life, it's like the stuff that takes time and effort is always the stuff that's worth it. Yeah. And so giving yourself kind of that measure to and reminder. And like I don't know, I talk a lot about like 
our journey and we always wanted to see it as like this <laughs> up and to the right like linear trajectory progress right but the reality is we all know it's far more jagged with like forwards oh, and backwards backs. and ups and downs and all along the way but just like stepping back and seeing that broader pattern of like yeah you are moving in the right direction but like it's not going to be flawless or perfect and like that's okay yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I don't know, I don't know how much weight this, um, this statement holds. And I oftentimes will use it when, uh, I'm working with clients specific to athletics and movement and whatnot, but if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yes. And you know, that comes into play, I think in quite a few different habit practices and it's, and it's not to, you know, exclude others, but I genuinely believe that if it was easy, which is something that is good to remind yourself of when things are feeling really darn tough. Mm -hmm. is if it was easy everybody would do it there's no question we wouldn't have to have these conversations because it would just be autopilot for us yeah but it's not because it takes time but once you get those habits under wraps it becomes autopilot and that's what i absolutely love like that subconscious ability for doing bad habits the moment that we can change that and there's a lot of studies that go between like how many days does it take to create a healthy habit mm-hmm. i way more so lean on the side of studies that are, say about 66 days because it you do see that it's not straight up right yeah. it's not that path it is all over the place hmm. yeah so that means zach if you have some nights that you stay up late <laughs> <laughs> and you only get four hours that's just a bump in the road <laughs> Just gonna, a bump in the road. I'm gonna stop responding to texts at like 10:45. Okay. Now. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Put your don't, phone away. Don't respond. Yeah. Don't respond. No. Usually Put that I, wall up. Usually I don't Do respond because I'm asleep over there. <laughs> Watching Netflix. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. So we're gonna sleep more, and we're gonna, you know, look at some of these these values and, and goals. Now, what about um, you know you work a lot in, with corporate clients. Uh, and then, especially in the past few years, we've seen kind of a boom of anxiety and burnout. Um, what are what are steps that we can first recognize burnout and then overcome it? And and you can kind of um, put anxiety into that same conversation. Oh, this is something that's so big in the moment that like has been obviously large in way of the scope of like corporations. Since the pandemic hit specifically because everybody was transitioning to work from home and all of those bits and pieces. Um, But I'm finding even more so now burnout being, uh, I think a lot of people put all of their eggs in the basket of work when COVID happened Mm. because it was what they were doing and it Mm -hmm. kept them busy and it, you know, it was a healthy type of, um, a healthy type of focus to get through some really challenging times and there's nothing against that at all, but burnout is really prevalent right now. And first and foremost, it's recognizing it in yourself. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's, there's oftentimes like 12 stages of burnout that we'll look at and, and they range everywhere from, um, taking an honest assessment of how your personal self-care is and you know seeing where you're at on that scope how you're responding to people not only in the workplace whether it be even virtually still or how you are responding at home um and then obviously like coming down to the part about being fully shut down where some people are as well too where it's just like they're on that autopilot type of coasting field where, you know, um, it would take a lot to get into their why right now, even though we know they know what their why is, it's, they're burnt out. 
They're really burnt out. So the first step um, when we do work with different teams uh, in the corporate fields is how people identify burnout within themselves and ways to overcome that. And it was really interesting that both of you just mentioned like the 1045 p.m. text time. There is a company that um, I'm working specifically with right now, consulting wise, and we actually just set parameters around their um, Slack and they are not able to message after 6 p.m. at night uh, up until 7 o'clock in the morning. And they can set auto responses for that, no issue. Um, or they can schedule when they want their message to come out. But it is like frowned upon now if you are messaging after 6 p.m. Mm. And again, this isn't a corporate. So like it's not friends, right? Yeah. It's a corporate standpoint, so quite a bit different. But... It was really interesting because when we surveyed the team and said, you know, what is what is it that's taking away from your basic needs for yourself after work? And it was that constant feeling that I might not be responding fast enough right. or I might be, you know, not able to respond within like what my expectations are for myself, not even for the leader that I've got. So, yeah. So I think very much so like parameters and healthy boundaries around communication mm -hmm. is something that is really important to look at yeah. right because the workplace has shifted so much since uh, our parents generation when Huge. you know they clocked out there was I mean eventually there was emails okay let's go our grandparents gen generation but like when they clocked out there was no there was no emailing there was no texting you know if there was an issue it'd probably wait till the next day now we're so like hyper uh, in, in our communication to text to email to DM like yeah. we've got like a million ways to to contact somebody mm -hmm. and it's like you almost have to put a force field around yourself like turn off your phone turn off your computer to like have a chance you know it's hard because yeah. even that scenario you shared i was like okay cool so like slack but then it's like what's the, what's the side whatsapp chat of like yo slack you know and like trying to because the idea is like you don't want to just like bar people from whatever using that service and that's because it's the it's the communication for their self-care Right. And it's like, it's not, it's not healthy for you to just move to another platform to do the same thing. That's not the point of saying no, no slack after 6 p.m. Right. But I think it's like, again, getting into people's, you know, like the, the why of it. It's like, this is, this is why this is happening because it's not good for us. Well, and oftentimes what we'll look at is it, it all starts like sometimes people think it's like within the HR department, right? That, uh, that healthy habits and, and parameters around um, psychological safety, whatever we want to call it at work, take place. But it's not. It's mm. full out from the leadership down. And that's one of the best parts, right? So like companies will come and they'll say, okay, perfect. Um, we want to work on leadership with you. And uh, either that's on the keynote side or the consulting side or whatnot. And we do like a framework generally for corporate clients. And uh, then you tell them like, this isn't an HR issue. This is like, we'll work with HR. There's no question but this actually comes from the leaders down and it's yeah. like oh like we have to take part in this yep a hundred percent so exactly what you're mentioning about the means of communication what we oftentimes find is that within businesses it's the leaders that are just you know like a thought will come to mind so they'll put it in the slack channel but that's at 8 30 at night and we can probably sit here and also discuss like 
oftentimes nobody will care as much about your business as you care about your business, which is your baby, right? It doesn't matter how many people are working for you and how great the pay is and all those bits and pieces, you care the most. And so what we'll oftentimes see is we'll see that type of um, just you know, that expectation is not exactly put there, but the capacity of the business owner is always higher than what the rest of the team is. So putting something in at 830 doesn't seem like it's, you know, taboo. It's not, but it's the fact of the matter that are we sustaining our teams for the long haul? Right. Are we helping them get through what we would consider the busy season? Because during the busy seasons, we're way more likely to see burnout. And how long does it take to recover from burnout once you're there, right? Like the worst thing that can happen is a, is a team member doesn't come back for some time. Yeah. But another terrible aspect of that is when you've got a disengaged employee, right? Like there's no representation there. There's no engagement. There's no passion. And it's, yeah, it, it's never a good feeling for both parties. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's counterproductive. Completely. Like you think you're, you know, maximizing potential and all of this by like burning the candle at both ends, but you're actually doing yourself a huge disservice in the long run. Yeah. 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 Professionally and personally. So on, so on the switch side, what are some of your keys to productivity and happiness in the workplace? If we want to get on the positive flip side of anxiety and burnout. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. So where do I even begin? This is the fun part. Um, productivity, I would say like it's instilling within the workplace there's often times where we say people will either be in the office or they'll be at home right so it's creating parameters around um like productivity wise anybody that stares at a screen for eight hours a day with no break of even 20 minutes to go outside for a walk is you know they're not going to have the best productivity we've just we've known that statistically through the years even pre-pandemic so we've even seen some team members i think bc hydro is one of them that will do like this 2020 20 rule. So it is, if you're 20 minutes in front of the screen, you actually take 20 steps backwards for 20 seconds. And that little alarm actually goes off on their screens, like within whatever program that they're in, that will actually go off. So that's just something to allow them to like, oh, zap out of it. Okay, perfect. Take a couple deep breaths, maybe grab some water, whatever it is, but then get right back to it. Mm -hmm. So it's creating those healthy parameters around allowing, people think productivity is like go full throttle, you know, get all this done and... It, it comes to that 100%, but it takes steps to get there. So that's very important, uh, creating healthy boundaries around screen time for sure, for productivity. Um, a lot of engagement within the workplace when it comes to community, which I mean, you guys can completely relate to, uh, whether it be bringing in team lunches or bringing in um, somebody that comes and does like a yoga session. I know it sounds kind of funny, but like we can even do them online now, right? Yeah. Um, And you'd see people that you would never expect within the workplace that like start to kind of come out and they're like, I'm joining this today. And you know, the organizer is so pumped because yeah, so-and-so got involved and you never would have known that unless you put that out there for sure. So um, I think we're at a time right now where productivity and happiness in the workplace really go hand in hand for community and just creating that sense. And it's funny because I tell you about creating parameters around communication within the workplace, but that also complements the ability for them to have a healthy sense of community. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's so good. 
it's like putting putting the energy into things like the intangible things that are like, well, how how is that going to create better product, better productivity, or you know, more profit at the end of the year for uh, like the CEO or whatever it would be, right? But then by saying investing in the actual people, That's whether it's like leadership development or giving these opportunities to just like take care of themselves in the workplace and not just expecting them to be there like these robots like hammering it out at this expected level like you get more productivity oh yes yeah. absolutely yeah it and it's by recharging yeah right that's all we need mm-hmm. we're we're humans and <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. need that ability yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to just to, to recharge yeah yeah and that's why we do our best work totally and we can probably all say that yep all right, so I've learned that I need to stop emailing my team <laughs> at, I'm sorry, at midnight. <laughs> Do you know and you I need to set those? I can set the schedule. I can Good set, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can set that for 6 a.m. and then you look real eager. Changing these habits. <laughs> Here we go. Mandy Gill, everyone. There Download the app. Okay, a few last habit <laughs> questions and then maybe we can talk a little bit about, about your endurance activities and some of your goals okay. and uh, wrap from there. But yeah. um what do your healthy habits look like when you wake up? Let's just like go through a great day. Okay. Um, I've got like, it's interesting. I play these into my weeks very like routinely, yes. to be honest, because they work for me and I get very energized by them. And I oftentimes use the word routine very lightly because I think for some people, routine just feels like your you know ball and chain type of style but I use the word routine in this way that I've really discovered what I absolutely love and so therefore this routine really speaks to me and so I know for myself um like I mean I'm I love coffee (laughs) so like first thing in the morning there's just no question (laughs) now I will so we go to the gym uh strength training wise Tuesday Thursdays and that's like 5 a.m wake up um like I was explaining and then come back home I meal prep every Sunday for us. So we've got meals throughout the week. So that's literally getting up in the morning, going to the gym. I don't even think I brush my teeth before I go to the gym. That I could change as one of my bad habits. (laughs) It's okay. As long as you brush your teeth eventually. I swear I am not even awake when I'm there. I'm just there. Just lifting things. (laughs) Heavy. Heavy. Hopefully not breathing around people. I'm sorry. That's what the masks are for, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, uh, then getting home, thankfully brushing my teeth, having coffee, getting lunches out because they're meal prepped obviously and getting to work with them um we've got a dog by the name of potato that we rescued from qatar oh cool so um he is just like oh gosh he brings us so much joy so in the morning like he wants nothing to do with us but of course that means we want everything to do with him so we're singing and we're just you know like the house is alive right and this is pre 7 a.m at this point and it's just like yeah okay let's get on with the day (laughs) um so yeah i'll dive right into work from that point I was telling you my most productive hours. So yeah. like 6.30 a.m. if I can be sitting at my desk, I know till about 12 I'm I'm fantastic. Like yeah. I've, I'm clear. I'm clear. Um, now, uh, another one of my favorite like starts to the morning and I'm really uh, caught on. I would definitely say I work best like when my morning starts off well. And I, I mean hiccups come up here and there, but it's all perspective. Um, and it's going to do the grind first thing in the morning. So I'll actually go to the gym first thing in the morning my other half and then we'll go uh, I'll go meet the girls at the grind so we'll start just before 7 a.m 
and we'll go up and anybody that's listening from not from Vancouver, the gross grind is like this 2.5 kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, About 750 meters of elevation and uh, there's still snow there in late, you know, spring. And um, and it's been a cold spring this year. It's been very cold. We've been using spikes and still, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like our way to connect. And I don't even know what what we talk about yeah <laughs> you know but what i can say is we catch that gondola down by 8 30 and probably the four of us are already on work calls by 8 30 in our cars right so like our day actually starts maybe two hours later than i'm explaining to you on usual times but um but yeah that like that is our routine that's awesome that sounds like a good morning yes it is great and i will say i'm one of those individuals that despite like eating breakfast first thing in the morning, like I will do my best to have it. But I'm one of those individuals who's not generally hungry in the morning. Hmm. Unless I'm doing like something quite extreme in the way of like running 20 kilometers or something like that. Yeah. It's very challenging for me to eat. So, huh. you know, um, I will eat a lot else throughout the day, but my belly, I'm just never really hungry in the morning. I'm like that too, Mandy. Are you? Yeah. I mean, I'll eat when I'm, if I, if I am hungry in the morning, I'll eat, but usually I'm not until around like 12 to one and then I'm, and then I'm ready to go. And that's it. And it's like, I would say I'm like a natural intermittent faster where I'm like, all right, I guess we put a label on it. You know what I mean? But it's not purposefully. It's just me. I'm the same. Yeah. There's pancakes. I'll probably eat them, but uh, (laughs) I'm not usually hungry until later in the day yeah there's gotta be something really good we're on the same boat give us a stomach that's plant-based runners maybe there's getting so much fuel the rest of the day lots of fiber everywhere else yeah (laughs) Yeah. well should we get into the endurance let's do it yeah speaking of of well the grind it's kind of like for it's a bit of an endurance of just like climbing but uh it's not that long Yes. It's not that long. It feels long. It feels long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are like, wait, that's that's only two Dude, or two. I'm only at yeah. a quarter? I know. I the came quarter. here for this. Yeah. 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 The first quarter is the most deceiving because it's like oh. the longest because yes. it's the flattest. Mm. Then you go up. Then you go up. But then the markers get faster. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone that's listening good. that hasn't done the grind, it gets better. It gets it's better. Don't give and up at that first the quarter. You get to the top and you feel amazing. That's oh, great. Yeah. Hope so. Let's go. Yeah. Hope so. <laughs> So just just following you, I have to say out loud that you're a very inspiring person. Mm-hmm. Um, if I look at your Strava or your Instagram, like there's always things that I perceive. Yeah, I now understand that the the basis of these big things are, are habits, but on the from the outside looking in, there's like these big achievements, these big lofty things that you're always doing. Whether it's running an ultra, running a marathon, like doing some crazy ski cross hike. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. Like yeah. through backcountry, <laughs> Not falling into crevasses. crevasses <laughs> you know, planning wild trips to Nepal for 8,000 meter climbs. Like there's always things that just seem like a once in a lifetime thing that you've created a habit of doing all the time. So let's, let's get into your, your endurance running, your ultra marathons and just your like appetite for adventure. Thank you. Yeah. My gosh, I love adventure. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, it's something, even explaining to you both what like my healthy habits are to start my day. Um, it involves me moving my body. Mm-hmm. And that to me is like my full sense of clarity right off the top is that's where I can, you know, create my best self 
from, and that's movement. Now, over the years, it's become a little bit more of movement and yeah. <laughs> kilometers and right. meters upwards. And because you were like a pretty competitive, like CrossFit athlete as well. Yeah. Right. I remember when G was like yes. participating in it and then going to the Richmond Oval and you guys were on like a team. Oh my gosh. It's some of my most favorite memories. Yeah. So, GM, who was a previous podcast yes. guest, he and I, um, gosh, I need to connect with him. I mentioned that to you actually, Zach. That's his, that's right. Um, we, so CrossFit, um, a full background. Uh, when I started CrossFit in 2008, I could not do a single push up from my knees. So there was like, there was no real sports to my, then, you know, just like my parents were fabulous. They put me in T-ball. I played volleyball and, you know, not even university in high school, basketball, like, you know, just casually sports minded. Um, I did have an anorexia period in my late teens. So from 17, I'd say till about 18 and a half, um, which is probably one of those things where when we talked about if not now, when? Mm. That was one of the best things that my counselor at the age of 18 and a half taught me. When she was like, why are you going to start Monday? Start now. Like, why not put food in your body now? And so what I actually learned, as crazy as that sounds, is what it was like to fuel myself properly to be able to do these incredible endurance sports. So at that point in time, I didn't like, I remember working at a company in downtown Calgary because I was in Calgary at the time where I was born and raised. And I remember going up the staircase to go to the floor that I was working on and I was dizzy. And that's when I learned, I was like, I am not doing any service to my body. And for me, it was literally the impact of media, which is really why I got into working with television segments is because like to give you full circle, I thought to myself, I never want anybody to feel like they've got to fit a certain mold in order to be what is, you know, looked at as healthy. Yeah. Because health has a different look for everyone. Um, so with that being said, um, yeah, my counselor had literally said to me, she was like, if not now, when? Right. And so I moved to Vancouver, came to broadcasting school, started at CrossFit in 2008 or 2007, one or the other, couldn't do a single push up from my knees, was like, oh my gosh, what am I getting myself into? But I had a reason to really fuel myself properly. Anyways, long story short, it was, yeah, it was one of my favorite journeys. So the sectionals were in 2010. The regional started in 2011. And that's when Gian and I started competing together on a team. Yeah. And he is like this like ninja. Oh my gosh, I can't even explain it. Like this man, he'd walk into the gym and he'd just be walking on his hands Honestly. and like walk over to you. And yeah, he's incredible. He somehow makes burpees look like so easy. He, he just flies. like, he floats, right? I'm yeah. like, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah. He was an incredible teammate. Yeah. And that's so cool. Probably one of the best um, sports I've learned teamwork from hmm. is because the six of us were very close that we're creating this team. Um, obviously, like the foundation was ourselves individually, but then, yeah, coming together as a team, how we learned to work together was incredible. So uh, 2015, I had stopped enjoying CrossFit as much as I originally had and mm-hmm. just wanting a change change and you'll laugh but that was actually when so it was sponsored by Reebok starting in 2012 um I went out to a race in Disney World and it was my first experience of an ultra Amazing. so it was a 5k a 10k a half marathon a full marathon yeah we were we, literally we want to do this the dopey this is, challenge this the is goofy a, challenge this yeah. is literally on our our bucket list Guys. I think I think like a week ago Zach was like we, yo there's this race in Disneyland we it's gotta go do it so much fun <laughs> It is That's so, so much funny. fun. It's like the first week of January. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah. The next we looked at the 2020. The next one sold out. It's like the 50th anniversary Guys, or something. It is madness. Like oh, I have never seen grown adults so fun in my life. Like you think <laughs> Vegas is good. Yeah. Like this, this was. Is. Oh, and you're just in a corral at 4:30 in the morning, four days in a row, with like people who are dressed like Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, and you're like, if I ever needed to make running or sport or athletics any bit lighthearted, this is the place to do it. So what inspired you to sign up for this? Oh my gosh. I think it was something Reebok had thrown out my way. And I was like, I am not a runner at all. Like I come from a CrossFit background. I actually would have ran this in 2017, pardon me, because I actually decided to go plant-based three weeks before that. Whoa. So I didn't tell my family at all. Like I remember the date still. And I was going home for Christmas to Calgary from Vancouver and then flying out from there to Disney World. And I still got through like Christmas dinner, feeding the turkey to the dog under the (laughs) table and eating all the, you know, veggies and stuff like that. Because I knew if they knew, they'd be like, you're not doing this marathon event in Disney World. Right. The very supportive again, but like they would have just thought I was nuts. Yeah. Which probably am at some point in stages, you know, but you got to be experimenting yourself. Right, so yeah, right. I went and I did it and I loved it. And I finished the, I think it was like a combination altogether. It was like 81 kilometers and finished it and went and rocked Animal Kingdom the next day. And was like, geez, I have very little inflammation. This is lovely. And yeah, it was good. So then I was like, I'm staying plant-based. That's <laughs> crazy. Okay. So many questions. Here. So what inspired, obviously we're both plant-based Athletes gonna call ourselves athletes yeah, again. Yeah. Um, what inspired you to make the the shift to a plant based uh, lifestyle? Um, you know what? I will say that I was running a meal prep company in 2014 and working out of a kitchen with staff in Gastown. And it was an incredible experience and I'm really proud of what we created and what we built. Um, but it wasn't plant-based and I was responsible with a couple of the chefs for putting together the menu. And I just saw a lot of things that I just, you know, I, I couldn't, they weren't my values. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I came out of that and I was like, I just, I felt nauseous every single time that I would consume meat. Mm. And I thought as uh, somebody who is very involved in sports at this point, that I would not be able to perform the way that I had really wished. And my gosh, was I ever wrong. And I'm so proud to say that. Yeah. That's amazing. I was terrified. It's true. It's the same like in, in January oh whatever four years ago now i was like i'm gonna try it for a month but i was so concerned that i wasn't gonna be able to run that i was gonna be so tired and like all my strava stats would be like the worst for the start of the year and then like the exact opposite happened yeah oh i love hearing that yeah i love hearing where your fears were too oh totally yeah that's so crazy yeah Mine was like disappointing family because coming from Alberta. Right, right. Right. And, that, and to hear yours, like I love hearing. It's amazing what our minds make up. Yes. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to be so tired and all of these things. And yeah. it's like, I probably drive most of the people in my life nuts because I have so much energy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys the same. We're the same. We're the same. Yeah. But it's. Get uh, up and go. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think much about it. Yeah. That's the thing. People are like, I don't know if I could do it. I was like, literally try it for a month and you won't go back. Like apart from just being like, oh, you know, whatever. It tastes good or I want to eat it still. But I was like, you won't miss it. 
in terms of like how you feel and that will override the oh but like bacon tastes good i'm like yeah but then it's like heartburn and actually how do you actually feel is it worth it yeah like we're just so used to not feeling good yeah from the food we eat which is crazy literally it's a numbing agent yeah yeah it's crazy yeah. once you change too. Like, um, we'll get like uh, the boys love fries, so we'll get like fast food French fries for them like all the time, and I'll have some, and I get like instant indigestion, heartburn from having like three or four fries from like the Just fast food fries. place. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, damn, I used to like have Down this all these. the time. You Super size, yeah. yeah. Plus the burger and the coke oh, and all man. those things, like no yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah. I have like. I'm so sensitive, such a sensitive vegan flower now. I have like three oh. French fries and I'm like, oh, my, yeah. my indigestion. Yeah. The boys are like, this is great. Dad can only eat three. Yeah. 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 I mean, I eat more because I yeah. don't have those healthy habits yet. Okay. But I'm like, <laughs> Sounds like another habit, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So to loop this back to habits, you you now you ran this amazing Disneyland thing that yeah. Dean and I would love to do. And now, you know, you've done over like 20 ultra marathons. Yeah, there's been quite a few. You guys are also going to laugh when I came through the finish line at Disney World yeah. doing this event. Um, Reebok reached out to me within like an hour and said, what shoes were you wearing? Because they saw the finish line photos and I was in like my flat nanos. And they were like, I had no idea what running was. And your CrossFit shoes. Yeah. And they were like... <laughs> We can't actually use this for any purpose because <laughs> your shoes we don't have want. nothing to do with running. And I was like, oh, great. I don't know. So I got home from Florida. And of course, all of a sudden, it was like runners, runners, runners. Yes. And and truthfully, I was actually kind of scared that they would um, not be interested in working together anymore because my change happened from CrossFit to running. But they were the most supportive obviously being like geez we need to get her into runners because <laughs> those are far so from funny. it step yeah. up from crocs yeah exactly yeah. so yes that was my first exposure and then i really like i i um was so fortunate in my life to have a bernie's mountain dog and when i realized the energy of a bernie's mountain dog and the need for it to be him pardon me in the trails i started to run in the trails awesome and that was my that was my why, and I got out and I do Bunsen all the time, Bunsen Lake, and uh, yeah, it just allowed him to be outside, and I really started to enjoy the fact of the matter that like when I was running, nobody could reach me usually with a signal, mm. and that was like, ooh, this is strategic. Yeah, runs <laughs> away. Yeah, you feel me? Oh, it's so good. It's that, great. That, it's like natural airplane mode. Like yes. you don't have to do the scandalous thing of turning it off. You just go and then it turns itself off. And then it's like, oh, where were you? And you're like, I was out for a run. And they're like, oh, great. How was it? Yeah, yeah. It's so nice. We were with the girls running the other weekend. And one of them had said, you know, we never take pictures on runs anymore. And I was like, yeah, but that would mean bringing our phones. Yeah. Do you know? And it's like, yeah, you yeah, you find the best in both worlds. But anyways, yeah, yeah I was like, no, no, I don't need pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so picture. my uh, my Bernie's chance really was responsible for getting me into trail running. He passed in, I think it was 2018 or 2019. And um, my love just like continued. And we've got our potato now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we do all of our runs together. And I've got a wonderful coach that um, guides me through everything. So I'll do um, I'll do the hundred. <laughs> I'll I'll do my best attempt at the hundred k wham Whistler Alpine Meadows this September, and uh, that's eight thousand meters in elevation and descent. Yeah, 
It's huge. Yeah, it's close to 20,000 feet. And I didn't realize that until I was like, yeah, I guess I should read the fine print. <laughs> but you've got 30 hours. So what are the habits that you put in place to be able to run 100 kilometers? Um, it's It really comes down to uh, two things that stick with me most is um, not overthinking it at all. It's going to be huge. Yeah. Of course it's going to be huge. But like, do I let that doom over my head? No, not at all. Right? Like, do I have the option to pull out at a certain point if I need to? 100%. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I attempted my first ever um, 80K in uh, 2019 as well. And I had to pull out at like 55 kilometers in that. I had IT tendinitis. And like that was such a really good relief. Like I was like, whoa, I felt okay. Like mm-hmm. I, I came out of that and I still did wonderful. And you so- ran 55 yeah. kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, you know, had conversations with other people who've like com- completed and competed in ultras. And they're like, yeah, the first one I did or this one, like I like DNF'd. And they're kind of like, they say it like it's a less than amazing thing. And I was like, yeah, that's like a badge of honor. Like you DNF from an ultra. Like that's still further than most people would even drive. (laughs) And when you show up, you're like, you're scared and you have no idea what you're getting into. And yeah, no DNF. Like there's a really great, if anyone is interested in signing up for a very entertaining DNF um, newsletter that comes out, I think it's like ultra sign up news. Just look it up online. And the woman who puts these together, I'll send it to you guys. I laugh at least like painfully like hard twice a week because this DNF is just like people that are I DNF'd because. Right. And you will just like, you'll be beside yourself. And it's the things that we need to think of when we're like, I can't believe this is happening right now. How am I DNFing? And they're like, I ate too many salt and pepper um, chips at the aid station and dill pickle chips started to come up my stomach and you'll just like i won't even go down the rabbit hole but you you'll just like good stories oh they're so good and they're so real and it's just the weird things we get ourselves into yeah it really is so yeah i just i love it and And how do you sorry how do you how do you train like what do you think is so like a hundred kilometers. So what does it look so like? Lo- yeah. Like- um, okay. So that's actually my second point, which I appreciate you bringing up. So first was not thinking it's super big. Yeah. And um, the second is having a great team behind me. And I can honestly say um, that would be Connor, my other half, and that would be uh, my coach, Jerry. And so Jerry je- generally structures it as like right now, I would say I'm running anywhere between 60 to 65 kilometers a week. Um, and that actually only lasted up until this past week because I had a big ski tour goal. So one of my days was oftentimes like related to skiing. And so now I will do doubles on weekends. So what that actually looks like usually is like running uh, Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday will be hills and then doing like a double, which would be Friday, Saturday I try to do. So Sunday I'm like fully um, off, right. if you will. Um, and then yeah, strength Tuesday, Thursday. So it doesn't feel like the amount of kilometers I'm telling you I do in a week because I find really great opportunities to get in these great catch-ups with friends, right? Like Zach will go to Pacific Spirit Park and it's all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there was 11K. That was nice. Yeah. Were we even just running? You guys do this all the time, yeah. right? And yeah, it just it just happens and it evolves. And there's some workouts that for sure I've got pace targets and I wouldn't have discovered my 
potential unless I was getting put in a very uncomfortable zone, which is only uncomfortable to me, but I know the expectations I put on myself when it comes to pace targets. And Jerry's been very good at telling me, Mandy, I only want you to focus on what he calls, has been very helpful to me, is called comfortably challenging. Okay. So um, if it's not comfortable, but it's too in the way of challenging, back off. Like there's no need to push yourself into this very uncomfortable, challenging spot. Right. And that only hinders me for the next days to come. So hmm. it really is like the compound of how do you feel and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And cool. there's a big mental part to it too. Like if work has been very stressful one day and I'm supposed to run that night, like I'm not shy to say that's a tomorrow thing. Yeah. Like my mental capacity is, yeah. yeah. I'll go, I'd rather go for a walk with potato and yeah. And just be outside. Keeping it balanced. Yeah. Keeping it balanced yeah. big time. That's and, awesome. And what's the headspace when you're going on these big runs? Like, I guess two part question. Like, do mm-hmm. you find when you're going on these runs, you're, you, you've, are finding mental clarity or peace of mind and second part like when you get into that quote-unquote pain cave how do you navigate that oh dear when i just did the bmo week two weeks ago you should have seen the pain cave when yeah. i was in the last kilometer um well, you posted a photo i think oh, like, near the first, yeah yes. and i was like i just love that because it's like captures the oh. essence of like it's that running is hard, it's, but it's like really so hard. rewarding. Oh, it was so great. Yeah. Like afterwards, I couldn't have been happier. Yes. But like Jerry had never witnessed looking at me in the pain cave spot. And he was like 500 meters from the end. And I think he thought I was going to be like, I'm quitting. <laughs> I hate this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I was, I was definitely done. Now the ski tour, the 40K for 14 hours had happened two days prior. Yes. So that definitely yes. complimented keep, those emotions. Keep that in mind. Yeah. And I actually wrote him an email afterwards and I said, there's probably no other time in life when you will hear me say no more fitness. And that was my moment. I was like, no more fitness. I'm tired of this. So yes, I was, I was up to 90. I was done. Um, but, um, so, okay. So basically with you were asking about the mental spot of where I go to when I'm in runs and then I'll give you a more positive spin on the pain cave um I'm just like I I've always had this analogy and this is how I felt with CrossFit as well is CrossFit to me was like being a kid playing on the playground Mm. chin-ups whatever it is like tire flips all those types of things and I very much so have now carried that into what running is and it's just like me playing and going and having fun and when I tell you 100k I have no time expectations I literally know I've got 30 hours to finish it and if I take 30 minutes to nap at an aid station that's great um yeah so that's like there's no pressure right yeah and I find that that like allows my child type of like five-year-old like I'm out here to play yeah to really just come out you can go and just have fun with it yeah like take the pressure off I like that yeah yeah, just find that sweet spot and, and go. And I think oftentimes, like, perhaps um, somebody that you guys might chat with in a, in a couple of episodes, a gentleman by the name of Gary Robbins, which would be wonderful to have with you guys, he um, educated me on, like, you need to do the first 20 to 25 minutes, even sometimes 30 minutes. Like, oftentimes we quit before then, right? Where we're just like, ah, today doesn't feel like the day. No, too many things are happening and, and whatnot. It's just not the day to get out for a run. And he's like, I will say nine out of 10 times, you will keep going Mm. because you just need to warm up, right? You just need to get your body moving. And so I think just to hold that accountable to yourself, to be like, even if I quit at 20 or 25 minutes, at least I gave that go. Yeah. But nine out of 10 times, you actually won't quit. 
Right. Yeah. Sometimes it takes that long to just settle into it and feel good or longer. Yes. Right. But people hear us talk about running and think that we put our runners on and that runner's high happens. Yeah. It doesn't. It takes time to build that up. I don't even know if I even experience it, to be honest with you. Yeah. But afterwards, I'm happy. Yes. So, yeah. 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 And then the pain cave. Um, I don't know. You just, you just grind. Yeah. 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 Have that grit. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Your mind goes places. Yeah. Yeah. And you just... Yeah, you just enjoy. Like if you don't, yeah, if you don't change that perspective pretty quickly, there's no point in doing it. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Dark, he's like a road road runner. Yes. Uh, he leads a crew, like Run Dem crew in London. And I heard him speak once and he just said like, write who or why, your why, whatever it would be, who or why you're running, like put it in your shoe. He's like, a soul, oh. it's a soul note. And Ooh, then he's like, great. yeah. And then he's like, when you're in the dark and it gets hard. He's like, remember what's like underfoot. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so good. That's so good. And it's like coming back, like finding, finding your wife. Isn't that amazing? And then it's like literally there. It's interesting. You mentioned this. I did the, um, the 55 for wham with Sir Alpine Meadows. Um, and that one was a 900, uh, or pardon me, 9,000 feet of elevation. Uh, and that would have been 2019 and Chance had just passed mm, previous mm-hmm. and I had his leash oh. in my running vest and it was exactly for that reason yeah. and it was and it was grueling like it was awful um that run was challenging you run straight up with sir right up black home and yeah it's a big big haul but I agree like if you've got your why yeah. and just like that little bit of reminder like whether it be on a piece of paper or whether it be like I'm sure that leash weighed a lot more than I thought it would <laughs> but heck it was there and it was that reminder right because yeah. it does get dark yeah like you can't fool yourself it gets dark Mm. yeah and it's just about grinding through grinding we can all use it we can all use a little bit of grind mm-hmm. yes yeah yes. Mm-hmm. gross grind gross grind whatever grind, grind whatever grind is uh, presenting grind. itself yeah. coffee grind <laughs> okay so last one and then we can maybe wrap things up with some fun questions um first off tell me about this Nepal trip that's that you have coming up oh geez and yes. uh if you have any other as as I mentioned, you're always inspiring us with your big things that are, you know, one of your habits is just showing up in big ways. Um, you've got Nepal coming up. And if you have any other lofty big goals that you want to share with us, we'd love to hear about it. Thank you. Yeah, I am still in awe that um, so Connor and I, it's it's his it was his idea. Um, and he's he's extremely well versed in my opinion uh he's way too humble to say that he is Hmm. (laughs) when it comes to the backcountry and when it comes to um i mean just exploring and navigation and and every bit of that now i will say in nepal we've got guides thank goodness we're one-to-one with guides um but basically he came to the table saying that this was something that was a big goal of his and then that started to grow into something that we could do together so um as we started to explore ideas in nepal we came across one that really stood out to us and it's called amadoblin and amadoblin now i might might not even be saying it right compared to how they will say it but i will learn this coming october um amadoblin is about um it's close to seven thousand meters um of elevation and uh we will do that over the course of from what i can understand is two weeks to get to the summit there will be base camps that we work our way up and come back down to acclimatize the um peak that we will acclimatize on first 
previous when we get there is Labuche. So Labuche will go up and we'll, you know, see how it feels to be that many meters above sea level, yeah. which I can't say I'm used to. I mean, in the Rocky Mountains, even in Alberta, like you don't get there. So anyways, needless to say, we'll uh, we'll head out mid-October and um, the, the full time with this incredible crew that we're, you know, following very closely right now because they're summiting with their teams right now in Everest and Amadoblin. Um, and you can see Everest from Amadoblin, which is really neat, oh, something cool. I'm looking forward to, um, is they are going through all the process right now. So they run two times a year, these guides, in the spring and in the fall. So we're getting an experience to see like what the ceremonies are that they put their teams through. So um, prior to going up at the first base camp, they do this very special like Nepal type of ceremony. Uh, And so we've been witnessing all of this. So it's been actually really neat to kind of, you know, get ourselves amped up because for me, and I appreciate you saying lead with fear or curiosity versus fear, there's definitely areas of this. Like I talked to you about the 100K Mm -hmm. and, you know, trail race and it's like, ah, yeah, okay, let's go do this and see how it is. Um, But Nepal for sure being in you know an area with such um I, I sent you Zach a picture of where we're camping uh one of the base nights and you're literally like I don't know how we're not going to roll out of the tent but that's our last base camp before we will summit wow. and so you literally wait on the weather window so um the crew that just summited Amadoblin uh yesterday pardon me May 7th so that would have been on Saturday they were delayed by about four or five days so like you just kind of just wait yeah go up and down and yeah so I will tell you something that I'm most intrigued by when I'm out there. They're fully willing to do a plant-based vegan meals for me for four weeks. So that I will report back on. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued. Now what I see is like they actually have like these beautiful big white like clear domes at base camp where they have cooks and chefs. And I'm like how wicked that I don't have to feel jeopardized by the events that I get myself involved in and that was one of our first questions we asked Mm -hmm. like will they do plant-based and will they do vegan and all those different options right I'm sure there'll be some things deep fried at that point I probably will need a little extra layers so (laughs) I'll take it um but yeah I'm excited for that and we will do Mount Baker uh as um connor's done it twice already so this will be his third he'll lead us up baker as like a you know kind of a run through yeah and ice axes and working all that kind of stuff we've actually thrown around the idea of skiing down so we'll climb up summit and then yeah you camp uh and then you leave it about three o'clock in the morning and then you go for the summit and then we'd ski down so we'll see what that looks Ooh, like that'd be so fun right yeah. yeah i'm excited about that and then rainier as well so rainier will be guide it um but yeah those are like those will just gain the confidence and they'll Mm -hmm. get us to you know i say us it's really just me yeah (laughs) (laughs) practice practice some of those skills and yeah that's it that's awesome that's it so yeah that'll be that'll be fun and then we've got um the Neenacker was held off for the last three years. Yes. Pardon me. This is the third. This is the year it's back now after three years. So we both got in the lottery in 2019. Yeah, for 2020. Obviously canceled. Yeah. So we've done it on our own in different segments. And it's become one of our trail run routes that we'll do on like a Saturday or Sunday. But we actually get to take part in the event with everybody this so year. So fun. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the only other race. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I'm so excited and, and a little bit jealous for uh, 
<laughs> these adventures coming up that yeah. I'll be following with uh, with eager eyes and and All excitement and a full heart for for what you're about to take on. I think yeah. that's so exciting. Yeah. I'll have to dig deep for those those uh, mental healthy habits for sure in Nepal, yeah. so I can yeah. report back on what worked. Yeah. Oh, we'd love to have you back to do like yeah. a little debrief of the absolutely that adventure. That'd be so cool. Yeah, it's gonna be cold. It's going to be cold and it's going to be windy and very exposed and yeah, but lead with curiosity versus fear. Totally. Yeah. There we go. That's amazing. Well, we always like to um, wrap things up with a little bit of lightning round, rapid fire, random fire. We haven't really named, named this segment yet. It's ever changing, but just a few kind of off topic, random questions that are fun little tidbits for, for us and the listeners. Um, I got one to start off with. All right, so healthy habits for me, a lot of them I've learned um, from from reading. Um, are there any books, whether they are nonfiction for business or self-help or fiction for, you know, love and entertainment that um, you often gift or, or share with others or have, you know, often on your recommendation list? Oh, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> um, okay, first one that comes to mind um oh my gosh okay i want to make sure that i give you my top three okay so (laughs) um oh dear okay i am going to say the first one i found shoe dog to be really good um gentleman with nike yeah um (laughs) that one i really enjoyed uh mel robbins i'm gonna go straight to her with the five second rule when it comes to habits so good so yeah, good. like we talked about putting your shoes on and just getting out and not thinking about it or keeping your workout pants on. Even after you drop the kids at soccer, right? It's like that five second rule, like the the crazy thoughts that go through our head. Yeah, that is that is one of my tops for sure. Cool. Um, and then, oh, here we go down to the wire. Um, I am going to say. Definitely uh, the Juice Truck Cookbook. No. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! What a plug. Yeah. Available on Amazon. There we go. <laughs> We're gonna honestly, I'm gonna go with that one. Uh, thank you. Yeah, Amazing. absolutely. So kind. So Case. kind. So Shoe Dog, obviously, good, a good memoir. Um, favorite trail shoes. Do oh. Have, do you have a pair? Can you narrow it down to a pair? Yeah. Um. Okay. So. I have been absolutely loving the Wild Horses from Nike for the last little while. Um, Now, I will say I have insoles in mine. Um, They're like the insoles you can buy for like $80, um, but I find them like really nice and cozy. Mm -hmm. And then most recently, um, I got introduced to the Saucony... um, Pershings? Yes. Yeah, those are good. I used to have those. Yeah. And I'm in love. Like I haven't put my Nikes back on since. I know. So yeah. And before that, before Nike, I was a Solomon girl. And um, yeah, I just... I needed more support. Like I found more as I'm running. Um, yeah, it's it's all about support. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So I won't sacrifice it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, two-parter. How do you fuel, fuel yourself on an ultra and what is your post- run go to meal or snack oh lovely okay i am like the person you don't want to watch eat on an ultra um i literally the night before will bake yams like whole yams and i'll just throw them in the oven for like an hour and a half and i'll throw them into like um 
the reusable like little sandwich bags and then I'll just squirt them out the end and yeah so I literally have like just yams that I've made that like have caramelized pretty much in the oven so good oh they're great they fuel me so well now they get like so squished and they look so gross but they are delicious and at that point I really couldn't care um for like very quick fuel sources like for weekends like long runs I will bring Herbaland gummies um I will bring along um like dates figs um believe it or not a little bit of almonds and sometimes cashews even though like nuts are sometimes heavier but I kind of can figure out that ratio for myself um and let me think what else like there's usually like some kind of like Lara bar that's in there and then if it's like an ultra I'll make sure that my protein is at my aid station so whether that be like getting tofu in me or tempeh or something along those lines Cool. And then what about post? Oh my uh, gosh, you're going to think I'm like a total like fangirl right now. <laughs> but Connor and I go to the juice truck for bestie bowls yeah. after every run. Ooh. Oh, I love that. I love <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, and we go with no sliced strawberries, but cacao nibs instead. Ooh. Amazing. Yeah. The Mandy good, Girl good. special. Yeah. Oh, they know us. Wait, she just knows my voice. Oh, that's She's amazing. She's like, yes, two almond milk. Yeah, okay, cacao nibs. Okay, bye. Yes, it's season. It is pretty filling. Yeah. It is oh pretty gosh, filling. It's great. When I make my own messy bowl, it's like got to be like over 2,000 calories. It's basically like oh, yeah. like a smoothie. It's like a cereal bowl with bestie granola with like instead of milk, like a thick smoothie. And like a lot of whipped cream on top. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the they're really whip. extra cocoa good to whip. us with the cocoa yeah. whip. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's honestly like I don't think there's many runs that go by where we're not coming back from like North Van. And we're like, okay, what do you want? And it's like, call in for a bestie bowl. And we come over to Lionsgate Bridge and we know where to call right when we're on the Lionsgate Bridge. Yes. So we get there. Yes. And it's ready. Thanks, Mandy. That's Appreciate so you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> it's authentic, I tell you. Mm. All right. Uh, do you got one? Dean, I've got one more. You, sure, yeah. Uh, I think I know the answer, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, are, you, are you a music podcast runner? Do you have something with you when you run or just? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I used to always have music. Yes. And now, usually none. Unless I'm like wanting to pace something, then I'll have like a playlist that is like the 180 BPM. Good, yeah. And I'll just like run to that. I have like a really good 90s hip hop playlist that has all the songs of that. And Good so it's like, ooh, it's real good. <laughs> um, but yeah, most of the time it's just no, 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 nothing, no okay. music. It's funny how we change. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because I always was music before too. And Zach, what about you? Uh, similar to Dean, like if I want to run with pace, I'll listen to music. Yeah, if I have no intention of running with pace, sometimes I'll run with music, but it'll be more like organic. Like sometimes I'll even put like jazz on or something like that, which is like the pace changes. So like kind of all over the place. But yeah, I'll I'll mix it up. Yeah, I'll mix it up. Um, Okay, last time we went on a run, we were talking about uh, movies and documentaries that inspired us. I think we talked about uh, 14 Peaks Mm -hmm. um, and a few others. What are some adventure-themed shows or documentaries that inspire you to get moving? You know, it's interesting. There's, like, we actually, before the microphone were turned on record, Gary Robbins put out one called The Big Chill. And it's just, like, it's so raw. I don't know what it is. And maybe it's because he's a great dude. If anyone's listening, like, Barkley, you know, like, attempted qualifier many times. And, pardon me, qualifier, he made it. But, like, yeah, just in general of, like, finishing it. Um, I really enjoyed the big chill. Um, And then let me just think here. 
in terms of documentaries, uh, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of The Bad Vegan, which was not a good documentary. <laughs> so funny, we were talking about her the other day. She was like one of our like inspirations when we launched the Juice Jam. I don't blame you one bit. She yeah. was very, like I look back to like her 2008 yeah. s- lifestyle and I was like, you were very inspiring. Yeah. yeah. I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know what happened. But her cookbooks to this day are some of my favorite cookbooks. Interesting. Yeah. They're amazing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, if you want some drama to watch, there's a documentary for you. It has nothing to do with athletics. Yep. Um, Let me think here if there's any other ones that have really stood out as of late. We're really into Ozark and we're really into, what's the other one? Outer Range. So all I can think of is like a TV series at the moment. But yeah. Cool. Outer Range is like that sci-fi Western one, right? Is that what it is? Okay. I need to watch it. Yeah. Although I'm taking yeah. a break from Netflix. You're yeah. taking a break. I don't, I don't know if you heard. <laughs> You're going to start listening to the audio on your runs. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you can just dream of what the pictures yeah, look yeah. like. Make my own movies. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> now I will say I watch most of these with like one eyeball open towards the end of the night. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm watching. Totally. <laughs> Full on sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, that's what I'm enjoying. Good. That's awesome. All right, Dina, do you want to land this plane with, our, Let's do with our closer? Yeah. So first of all, thanks so much for being here. Uh, truly an inspiration speaking with you and just, um, yeah, hearing, hearing obviously the way to create healthy and good habits to form, you know, a meaningful and full life of just like good stuff. So thanks for your time and sharing so generously with us. Um, Zach and I, when we created this podcast, we called it a little more good because we thought that that was a name that resonated with what we wanted to see and do and put out in the world. And um, so we always like to ask our guests like to reflect on that and like offer what does that mean to you, that phrase, Mm -hmm. a little more good. First of all, thank you guys so much for welcoming me. This is so exciting uh, and just fun. Like we'd catch up like this regardless. So yeah. That's what's great about this. Um, and to me, a little more good um, kind of just it's simple. Like you don't have to do these these crazy. It's funny. We're talking about like extreme endurance. You don't have to do these big things to create a little more good in your life and in others lives. Mm-hmm. And to me, a little more good is like that one one percent change that actually feels a heck of a lot bigger, Mm -hmm. but is really small of a change, but creates a much bigger impact. And so, yeah, whether a little more good to you is treating yourself kinder and being, you know, kinder to others, or if being a little more good is, you know, getting in an extra kilometer (laughs) and chasing some goals that you've got. Um, There's so many different, or getting more sleep. Yeah, a little more good goes a long way. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, doing big things but making them normal. Yeah. Making them small, like you said earlier. That self self reflection, that inquiry, what is my why? Mm-hmm. How come how can I pursue my values and live those out? I mean, it's all it's all so good. And stay a constant learner too, right? Like yeah. always be in the learning mindset and and then I think a little more good actually comes to you naturally. Hmm. Cause you're open to it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Mandy. Thank you. Thanks, Mandy. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Woo. That's so good. Mandy Gill. Never She's disappoints. so cool. Yeah. Just like such a strong person, like in all senses of the word, like strong in her, you know, um, obviously like physical athletic pursuits, but also just in her approach to life, like understanding what's good, 
how to build upon those things that are good and just like make that foundation of your life um, so formative and so like helpful for you to just be the best version of yourself. Yes, let's build those habits, Mm -hmm. you know, small and big. Um, It really creates that uh, life of positivity that we're all wanting for ourselves. That's right. I love that it's like you can picture something, you know, you can picture the end goal and and that can be really helpful to get you started. But sometimes it can also be overwhelming to be like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get there? And just like hearing Manny talk about like, it's, you know, like kind of one, one step at a time. And there are little things that you can do that, you know, over time add up to these big, big changes, right? It's just creating those new healthy habits. So if you're inspired, be sure to check her out on Instagram check out our website mattygill.com and uh, yeah leave a like leave a review let us know the insight that stood out to you Uh, we'd love to hear from you we always do and just uh, as always so grateful for each and every one of you tuning in listening Um, yeah appreciate you all all right thanks everyone until next week peace Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.